Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. From Anuth, it's Motherfuck Lord Bio, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. Dara Cochet is on leave. I'm your host, Pathero Kivonic. My name is Emer Duffy. And I'm Gerwody McAvoy. Very obedient. <laughs> I, love, I love that podcasting isn't a visual medium, so nobody will see that I had to tell them to clap. <laughs> Late, late we, show that shit. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went through this before the podcast started. So yeah. today's episode is going to focus on a woman's place, which our old friend Dev always said was in the home. Article 40, 41.2. 41.2. Yeah, 41.2 says that woman through her role in the home adds to the greater good. And the subsequent subparagraph says that uh, no law should be passed to necessitate the mother working outside the home. So, Garadine, I'm going to throw the ball straight to you on that one. When we were thinking about writing a constitution in 1937, it seemed pretty important to Dev and his gang that we would make sure women knew their role. Yeah, so... Um, anyone who listens to the podcast knows I have a particular crow to pluck with. First, don't be shitting on Dev. Big Dev fan. Uh, not, not so much for his approach to feminism, which, you know, was none. He didn't really enjoy the women very much, as, as we can see from Article 41.2. But yeah, so this is the one that a lot of people have been talking about kind of last year when we had a slew of referenda. And everyone was like, let's repeal everything. And then they got a bit carried away with that. So they said, maybe we'll, we'll stop trying to repeat everything and maybe think about it first. So uh, the Article 41.2 talks about uh, the woman's places in the home. However, uh, when one is looking at a constitution and a legal document, particularly the Constitution of Ireland, you need to look at both texts, so the Irish text and the English text. And while the English text, and I've no doubt about it, the Devonese bros were like, thanks very much, Constance, for all your help now getting elected in 1918, <laughs> but away back to the kitchen with you now, good girl. Um, probably wasn't the biggest fan of women being involved. I, I'd imagine if Dev was still on the go, we wouldn't have been friends. Um, but you think that if Dev was not a misogynist and yet was still alive, you would have been friends? No, I think we wouldn't have been friends. I think on a fundamental level, we wouldn't have had gone out for drinks. Like. Yeah, no, but like if he didn't have the whole hating women thing, you reckon you would? Yeah, why not? Like, I just didn't think you hung around with 114 year old men. 
I mean, that's pretty ageist of you, Heather, to be fair. But, like, I don't, I don't discriminate against age. Like. <laughs> age is just a number. <laughs> right, but if you're 36, okay. don't fucking talk to me. Um, okay, let's not get weird about it. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, so he, the, the Constitution at the time was written in a, a way to kind of... Con- not Sort of that annoying thing that some men do. And they say, I'm not, I'm not a sexist. Sure, women are great. Women are even better than men. I don't think they should work because they're so great. Not like, all men. Yeah. <laughs> I full of- on, I full on got a not all men today in work. <laughs> and I fucking twitched. <laughs> Surprise, that's all you did. <laughs> but it's that sort of thing like, sure, how could I be a sexist? Sure, haven't I a man? Like, shut up. <laughs> um, oh, this is, this is the thing that politicians do where they, they like, they... I mean, I couldn't possibly be a sexist because there are women related to me. There's a woman who writes my notes. Yeah. Sure, how could I be, <laughs> be a sexist? sexist? As a father of daughters, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as the son of a mother, I obviously respect women. It's oh, like, I don't see them as humans, obviously, but the ones that are related to me, I have a sort of an affection for. They provide me with services in my life and therefore are directly important to me. And therefore, I think that they're probably okay. But the other ones, the ones who I don't know, maybe not so much. So yeah, that was the kind of spirit that the Constitution was initially written in. However, have we any law students in the house? None that are willing to admit to being law students. Good. There's one that's like at the back, oh, like, sorry. yeah, but I'm not sure. There's, um, there's one at the back there pleading the fifth. <laughs> it's like, uh, wrong jurisdiction, wrong jurisdiction. <laughs> So the Constitution is a living document, and what that means is that when the Constitution in 1937 was written, it, I mean, okay, there's been referenda to change bits of it, but largely speaking, it's the same document that we had in 1937. So it changes with time. So when you look at the Irish text of the Constitution, it says that a woman's place is in the chailach, which is the word that we use in the Constitution for family. It's not the word that we use for home. Um, it's, it's the same word that's used. So what that can be interpreted as is a woman's place, or a woman has a specific place in the family, which is uh, the family unit in the Constitution is like the mother, father, and children. Multiple children. Loads of them. Yeah. Dev was all for the kids. Like Absolutely. loads of them, raise loads of Catholics. Yeah, yeah. stay Red in the home. Colleagues dancing loads. at the crossroads. Yeah. yeah, because she was to be pregnant from the time of, of her first menstruation right up until menopause. And then, I don't know, presumably you died or something. I don't know. But <laughs> you had no use anymore. Like, use was, like, why is she still here? <laughs> she can't provide any more children. But she can still bake bread. She can still bake, but, but she's nagging as well. So a well, pregnant like, lady can break bread, you know. <laughs> she's costing the taxpayer money. Yeah, effectively. So, yeah, you were staying in the home and your uh, right in the home was protected, presumably, because, and I mean, this is reality. I mean, we joke, but this is reality that, like, women were pregnant for a really long time. And, you know, her grandmothers may have been pregnant for, like, no, mine was pregnant for, like, nine years continuously. You know, you don't be expected to work under that stress. Um, so that's kind of what that's protected uh, or can be interpreted. It hasn't been, but that's not to say that it can't be. So when people talk about... Um, the constitution saying that a woman's place is in the home. It kind of upsets me a little bit, even though I'm a feminist. It upsets me because people don't look at the full meaning of it. Now, that being said, family units are not constructed of man, woman, and like 11 children and four on the way. You know, that's not really what families are anymore. So I do think it needs to be updated, but it's not necessary. Yes, it was written in sexism. 100% misogyny wrote that. But you can interpret it in yeah. an updated way. That's, that's one of the things I was thinking, because the next subparagraph says that, you know, the state will not necessitate the mother to work outside the home then. You know, because now 
so here's here's just an open question I'm supposed to throw out there. Like if if it didn't have the misogynistic overtones, if it didn't specifically say the mother, but if it could be interpreted in such a way that the state would not pass any laws to force both parents to work, well, that would probably look like a pretty progressive piece of legislation, wouldn't it? Absolutely, a piece of constitution. Sorry, I have to correct constitution. you there. It's not legislation. It's not legislation. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, but it, it definitely would. And I think even if you could twist it in such a way that not only that the state will not pass legislation that will... Uh, prevent a parent from working like after their child is born but rather that you could have it twisted in such a way that it actually entitles you so it's a positive piece of legislation or constitution sorry it's a positive piece just, of law just to pull you up there it's sorry. constitution thanks yeah. learning <laughs> um so it, it's done in a positive way that actually grants you the right to maternity and paternity leave which I think will be so progressive because we're really really shit at paternity leave in this country we give maternity leave and there's, there's obviously lots to be done about maternity leave here but you know we thought we were great ones there like two years ago where we're like sure we have paternity leave now for the dads they get two weeks off fucking two weeks two like weeks. your child hasn't even figured out sleeping in two <laughs> weeks yet like you know so I took paternity leave when we had a baby last year uh, I took two weeks and I took two more weeks holidays out of my own um, allocation for the year and yeah, it was it was foolishly enough the first four weeks of the baby's life. Like that's it was a pretty dumb move on my part. Just literally <laughs> did nothing. Did it's nothing. Like, it's like it a potato. No, but he just he just also just didn't need any fucking looking after. Like just <laughs> lay there and gurgled a little bit. So like I think if you could take maybe a good solid six months paternity leave when the child is fucking I don't know thirteen or something. And, <laughs> you know, because like when, when am I going to come in handy in my child's life? It's when he's like. He's worried about being bullied in school or something yeah. like that. I was going to say, like, doing Irish homework. There is that. Yeah. I can yeah, help him with that. Yeah, that absolutely. Probably. Yes, yeah. you've given me purpose in life. Yeah, the overwallia. The overwallia. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> so, Emer, um, if we look back at, oh, at, you know, we often hear about Brehan Law, which nobody really knows that much about. A lot of people Same. pretend to know a lot about it. <laughs> oh but God, uh, the, role of, um, the role of women in Brehan Law, it's often leveled at the 1937 Constitution that it was the 37 constitution that disinherited women, that it was actually, they were pretty okay, comparatively speaking, under Brehan law. They could inherit, they could own property in their own right. They had, quite importantly, the right to divorce and remarry, uh, almost at will, seemingly. Is, is it all it's cracked up to be from your readings of medieval Irish literature? Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so obviously I studied... Um, Ireland in the 7th to 9th century um, so there's been there's been a bit of a jump between like the, ni the 9th century to 1937 yeah I love that people uh, just describe it yeah. as Brian Law and then the Constitution, Constitution. <laughs> that was it. Well, the no bit in between was the Brits the hungry bit it was I mean we can summarise the bit in between it was Vikings Normans Brits famine independence a few more Death. Brits and then <laughs> more Brits yeah. <laughs> um Penal laws. <laughs> and then, and then, and then we're right. So, yeah. So, basically, um, that, that was the boring thousand years. It was. Like, nothing the happened. The 7th to ninth century is where it's at. Yeah, nothing happened in those thousand years. It's fine. Um, so, I looked at, for my master's, was kind of um, female speech in relation to its power within the law. Wait, where did you do that master's? Oh, here. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, so, just so everybody knows, I, I went here twice. It's here. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> but, um, so that's what I looked at. I looked at kind of 
the power behind a woman's speech in literature in terms of its like legal implications. Um, and part of the kind of thing that gets people really like riled up and going about Breton law is like, oh yeah, but like women could like divorce. Oh, do women have loads of rights? I love how low that bar is. Like, yeah. <laughs> like oh, she could divorce. She was an independent woman. Like, yeah. <laughs> she could leave her man. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so the kind of some of the laws then the people um, would kind of refer to um, would be like, oh, you know, she could divorce her husband if he got too fat. And I'd be like, yeah, sound. That, that seems pretty hard. Bar literally below the floor. That's how low the it is. Floor <laughs> is on the floor. Cracked like, the here. floor. <laughs> if I was like legally bound to some fella and, you know. He got he, fat. He, yeah, he, I didn't want. Yeah, it, he went to seed. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, come here, get out, you're gone. Uh, <laughs> as it if you wouldn't be the same with is me. It, like, is, like, is divorce like the only option she had when her fella got fat? Was there a legal recourse like a, to a, get him to do Pilates or something? This conversation like <laughs> might have been suitable. Just like, here, John, you know, look, <laughs> yeah. ease off the spuds. Like, yeah. you know. It's this is pre-spud Ireland. So okay, ease off doesn't the even milk. The, no. Yeah, the milk, <laughs> the cheese and barley. Yeah. You're a fiend for the barley, John. <laughs> Just lay off that. Fucking barley. That's the small bed, John. There's not enough space. You're taking <laughs> yeah. up too much now. Yeah. We have to fit a pig in it. And don't make me choose. The pig is worth more, John. Don't make me choose between you and the pig, John. Yeah. Or the milk cows. <laughs> the milk They didn't sleep in the bed. They were able to sleep outside, yeah. thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, women were counted in terms of their, their milk cow worthiness. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so obviously, yeah, female slaves were counted in regards to their um, their value of cows. This is this is it though, because like while so women had loads of rights. While women had loads of rights, apparently, Maria. Female slaves had <laughs> loads of rights. Yeah, yeah, but like while women had loads of rights, one of the units of currency used in pre pre Norse and pre Norman Ireland was a female slave. Yep. Like, how many female slaves is that? piece of land worth or how many female slaves are those I don't know what worth? that figure will be but I know I'll be disappointed by it yeah. like, I know I just know yeah. it what, won't be enough whatever it is it'll be too low, too low. <laughs> you could swap me out for like you know two Frisians right now and it'd be grand two Frisians two. you say two I, I think you're getting airs above your station I think I would definitely be any, any this is like such a tangent serious <laughs> dose of notions I'm sorry two Frisians two yeah I mean, maybe two jerseys but no Frisians all right, I'm lactose intolerant anyway. So. <laughs> the milk cows. <laughs> so, so while while we look back maybe through the rose tinted glasses and we look at the so called rights. So yes, had, sorry, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Really, it was, was like, quite. It was an. I was like, hang on, I yeah. completely forgot I what I was saying are. there. We've, we've <laughs> um, been on a tangent. We have, and it was it was a mighty fine tangent. But um, the kind of the thing that people don't seem to realize about this kind of like feminine power. Um, within early Ireland is that you only ever see a woman being referred to in a position of so-called power purely because it's her relation to a man. Oh, I'm so glad that's changed. Oh, oh it's, oh, it's yeah, great that that's not the case anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, Guys, you've come so far. <laughs> yeah, oh, great. It, like, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test, to put it that way. <laughs> and actually, I was listening to... Medieval Ireland... Does not pass the Bechdel. The Bechdel. Listen, yeah. fucking modern Ireland doesn't pass the Bechdel. <laughs> I was actually listening to um, another podcast today, 
What? I was cheating on Motherfucker. I listened to podcasts. There are other podcasts? <laughs> what? I listened to this one. Okay. The running joke between me and Patterson's this is started is that I don't listen to podcasts. Not even this one. Not, like, not even this one. I don't even listen to me. Um, but I have found a very on-brand podcast about archaeology. And dead silence yeah. for the crowd. <laughs> like, I love that. Crickets. Everybody and sort of slightly leaned forward, and then you said what the subject was, and they leaned, leaned back. back. Did she say archaeology? <laughs> what? Um, and Indiana Jones was an archaeologist, you ingrates. They talk about Indiana Jones a good bit, actually. Yeah, I yeah. imagine I mean, they do. There's no other send, cool archaeologist. Yeah. There, isn't. <laughs> there isn't. The only other one is, is Lara Croft, and frankly, she's not a fucking archaeologist. She's a thief. That's most archaeologists are. Anyway, anyway, Sorry, anyway. What is Indiana so Jones listening. but a fucking thief? Like, a oh, sexism again. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyway, this is this podcast today. And if our producer wants to bleep out the name for competitive advantage, it was called Ask an Archaeologist. And he was interviewing these two museum curators. And they brought up this really interesting test. I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically the museum equivalent of a Bechdel test. And it's where you look at women in museum displays or whatever else that you're looking at. and Women in museum displays, women in museum displays where displays, they belong. The ones that have just been embalmed. A and woman's put there, like, place is yeah, in the museum. <laughs> yeah. So when you're looking at the woman's place in the museum and you're looking at can, why can she's there. Can I just there, guess why she's there? Because I don't, I don't know this. The test is... she. You pass tits the out, test. like tits out. It has to be like that's the only way a woman's getting no, no, museum. That's, that's why they're in history books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pass the test if she's there of her own accord. You fail the test if she's there because what? she's wait, like wait, 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 Dev's wait. mother. Of her own accord. Yeah, as, as in, like, in she put she... her hand up and said, "Can I be in the museum, yeah. please? Can I? Hello, Can I? me. I'd like to be in the museum. <laughs> Hello, please. it's I mean, me. Queen I'd like Nefertiti. to be recorded in history. So, as if like she's like tits out painted by a fella, like in in one of those weird positions that like no woman sits in, like and she's got one, like just me. Like, I sit like this. I sit like, like this. All no day. woman has ever sat in that way. Like I have been that, like, like this since we started recording. She's like this, like hair perfect, like. Yeah. We should explain as well that this is not a visual medium. Yeah, we really should. This pose like, that we've adopted on the stage is just for you, lovely Manuthians. All that, those people out there in podcast land. Yeah. Oh, and, God. And, oh, and God. the guy with the camera and Brian with the camera. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On a on a side note, I may not be able to return to my original position. Yeah, in fairness, but carry I on. my back out so, at the weekend. Yeah. Like. Why, so if a woman was there because of who she was... Yeah. It passes this museum Bechtel test. Exactly, yes. And I feel like yeah. not many pass that test then because, <laughs> yeah. Really the only... I actually just heard that crack. Yeah. <laughs> I literally... I've there, been sir. dosed up on codeine all weekend because I popped my own back out. So as soon as I went down there, I was like, oh... <laughs> this is it now. You've got to commit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are spending way too much time of this audio podcast talking yeah. about the pose we just adopted yeah. on stage. It was very, it was very raunchy. Great imaginative. But yeah. anyway... Um, so that is that is. So are, there, are there any examples that stood out uh, from this? They didn't podcast? go into examples. They, they were of course they discussing the idea. Yeah, yeah, of course they didn't. Because um, one of the girls who's being interviewed was saying how you know there was like whatever museum they're like we have so many more like women in it this year kind of a thing and um, she was kind of like looking through it and it was like we have Henry VIII's mother. Yeah, it was basically <laughs> and like, all of his dead wives. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there were no like gals, gals in there, like gals like, were just, you know, you don't know that. Like it's it's anyone doing like feminist research. The point of like doing like 
or the the perp the main theme of doing feminist research is you got to fucking dig for it. Like you got to find it because yeah. they're not there. You know, they're the women with the tits akimbo, but you don't know what her name is. You know, you're one in the Mona Lisa. No one has any idea who she is, but we know who painted it. But like, she's the one we all know, but like, we don't know anything about her because why would anyone fucking care about the most, the most famous painting in the world? Sorry, tangent there. But it's not just that, that one. Feminist it's not just rage that one. back inside. There's, there's an entire fucking film called The Girl with the Pearl Earring. As if like, that's her fucking name. Which is, is it not her name? Was that yeah. not her name? Was that not what she was called? She, would she be one of the, with the pearl earrings of... Surname uh, earring, first name Pearl. Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was the girl who was with pearl earring on that night. The girl who was with... It's, it's the girl, but she's of the pearl earrings, the Kerry pearl earrings. Not oh, she, oh, not the, yeah. the Westmead pearl earrings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be the That would be the The ones, the singing ones, not, <laughs> yeah. the, not the dancing ones. Not the dancing pearl earrings. yeah. What were we talking about, lads? <laughs> <laughs> the museum Bechtel like test. The museum Bechtel test. I've just instigated just massive tangents. Don't ask. Like, I'm not answering any questions. Have you, um, have you, you've been on this podcast before. I know. Like, this yeah. should not be a surprise at this yeah, stage. Sorry. Um, yeah, like, I mean, there's no other way we can fill 40 to 45 minutes about that article of the Constitution. Is it bad? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks a yeah. million, guys. It's been a break. Uh, like this is why we, we need tangents. Coming. I like, hope you have a safe journey home. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this kind of this kind of this this kind of thing about like associating women of status, yes, simply with their spouses or with their sons or with their fathers. Yeah, unfortunately, it is really. Right. There was an example the other day where somebody thanked Stephen King and his wife for their very keen, uh, very kind donation. Yeah. And and basically, mm-hmm. Steve, Stephen King was like, oh what the fuck did you just do? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Tabitha's going to kill me. Yeah. I did like actually um, that video of uh, Barack Obama and he was like, introduced him to the crowd and he was like, oh, and everyone was like, ah, it's Barack Obama, former US president, everyone's going wild. And he kind of was like, oh, you know, in case some of you don't know who I am and everyone kind of laughed and he goes, I'm Michelle's husband. And I was like, oh. Like, arguably, though, Michelle is the better oh, Obama. Yeah. Like, of the two Obamas, she's the one who didn't, yeah. like, you know, like, there's some, kill anyone. Yeah, in, like, in, there's some weird uh, shit going on there. Yeah. With, with <laughs> she's a the superior Obama. Obama. Yeah, she, she is, to the best of our knowledge, not drone killed anyone. Yeah. yeah. To the best of our knowledge. Yeah. He may have let her push the button once or yeah, twice for the crack. On, just uh, once, Michelle. You can oh, it. You know what? You know, Michelle, it's date night. You push the button. Can we get arrested for releasing this? <laughs> you might get denied entry just, at the board. Just no. assassinated. Nowadays, uh, you'll probably be straight in. They'll let you right into America. They'll be like, come home, girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on back. <laughs> I'm going to plump for Malia Obama as the best Obama because she's a student and she was just pictured. Skull and wine. Skull and wine. Skull and wine. Yeah. Uh, and the, basically, the conservative press, Fox News, started saying, well, you know, she's uh, underage. So uh, this uh, this study shows that wine can have negative effects on 12 to 14 year olds when they consume it. She fucking 20. She's 20. She's 20. She's four months away from being the stupid legal age that they have in America. Any Americans in the house tonight? No, you all stayed no. away. Good. No. Yeah. Of course, they're not allowed in here because they're not 21. I actually, the night of my 21st birthday, I actually spent in here sculling a load of wine. In, in this venue, no less. Um, yeah. in, the, in the venue? Oh, yeah. Was a gig here. on? Uh, no, it was a... She just sat in her own yeah. in the dark. There's skulls <laughs> wine in the corner. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you brought it in yourself. Didn't want to mm. have seen the bar yet. Yeah, yeah. We've yeah all done pretty it. much, yeah. 
I was like, I'll oh, just kiss the butler. One of those so. like things where it's like, oh, somebody, somebody's wife. Like, I hate that. I hate that particularly. I have a, a, a personal affliction for George Clooney's wife. Like, fucking Amal Clooney, the greatest human yeah. being <laughs> yeah. on this planet. She's amazing. She's a human rights lawyer. She's like a huge humanitarian. And everyone's like, it's George Clooney's wife. What did George fucking Clooney ever do? He was in ER and he was a dickhead in it. Like, that's the extent of what George <laughs> Clooney has ever done. And then he married, he like punched way above his weight marrying Amal Clooney. Because not only is she a big ride, she's yeah. like amazing as well. She is. He's just a ride. Like, you yeah. know, so that's all he's got going for him. Like, he's he, got what, five more years and he's just wrinkly. Yeah, right. Now he's got that salt and pepper shit going on. Yeah. It's really cute. I whatever. think you're being that's... really dismissive of Clooney's work on the Nespresso ads. Oh God, oh, there's nothing, I, yeah. I hate that. Like I hate it so much because I know, I'm like, that's that's the man who married Amal Clooney. That's the patriarchy in operation right there. Telling Amal Clooney that he's good enough for her. That's her whole life told her that. George Clooney's good enough for me. Girl, no man is good enough for you. Amal, if you're listening, get out now. But Take the triplets and go. Come here, right? If they're George, triplets, aren't they? They're triplets, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All I do know, I do know is that there was this absolutely brilliant headline in one of the more left-leaning uh, New York papers that was like, um, husband of noted humanitarian lawyer honoured yeah. at award ceremony. Did I write that? Was that me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think people are starting to realise that, like, well, not, not enough people, unfortunately, but people are starting to realise that, oh, wives are people too. As the husband of a wife, as I, the husband of a wife, I, I agree. believe that women should have rights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do, do wives do things as well? They're they're there when I get home from work, but what do they do when I'm not there? She <laughs> doesn't exist. The, like she, she only like powers down when I'm not at work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if any men's rights activists stumbled in here. This is not for you. <laughs> I don't see any maga hats in the crowd, so I think we're going to be okay yeah, for, for a bit. Is this the age-old story? Is this the thing that's never changed? Because thinking back to all of our medieval Irish literature, all of our legends that yes, we sorry, know... Yes, sorry, back to the 7th century. Here we go. Yeah, well, back to the yeah. 7th century and before and after and all of the legends that we have, we only tend to know women in the stories about men. Like, we only know of... There are, there are women who are pretty cool, like Queen Maeve and Skahuk and... Emer, Emer, obviously. Yeah. I was getting to yeah. the best, saving the best yeah. for last. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But we only know of them because we are told the story of Cuchulain. That's true. So and he was a bit of a dick. He was an absolute, <laughs> absolute dick bag. A bag <laughs> of Hashtag Cuchulain is a fuckboy. Like, yes, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's, a, that's a long hashtag. Just don't care. Don't <laughs> yeah. care. You have 280 characters. Yeah, and you're gonna worth use, it. Okay. That's all you need in your tweet. Hashtag Cuchulain is a fuckboy. Like, or a fuck fuck. Fuck fucking Fuck fuck. Fuck quick. Fuck fuck fuck. Fuck no, quick, yeah. <laughs> fuck fuck, and the plural would be fuck quick. And what are we the Tishlaginadok now with that? Yeah. <laughs> if you're going Tishlaginadok Ulra, it would be, fuck. for example, Fibon and the Fuckmuck. Fuckmuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. It's good, there's an Uru. There's an Uru on the. Yeah, but why is the Uru in the middle? Because it's not a real word. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, sure. Don't be so prescriptive <laughs> with your grammar. Sorry, I turned into a grammar Nazi there for a second. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, so do we? Are we still doing? Are we doing today what we have done for hundreds of years, nay, thousands of years? That we have very few stories about women who are cool because they are women. Yes. Yeah. Fucking yeah. yeah. That's what we're still doing. We've always done it. We're still are, at. Are it. there any exceptions? Are there any exceptions? Did we yeah. have? Did we have Queen Maeve stories before Maeve became? Uh, sort of a small character in Cucullin's Bad narrative. bitch. In she was a bad story. bitch anyway. Like, she's yeah. fucking... But, like, 
you all only know her because Goofa. Do you know? She's just. What about that? Oh God, I've forgotten her name. The pirate lady. What's her name? Oh, Gran- <laughs> Granuel. Granuel. Pirate lady. This is a patriarchy in action. <laughs> but Granuel existed. Grace yeah, O'Malley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gran- she actually we, existed. Yeah, but we do know her story. Yeah. So um, she would pass the Bechdel test. Yeah, we know who she is. And she had a conversation Actually, with... Actually, if there was a, the a film of yeah. Grania Whale, it would pass the Bechdel test because she, she met with Queen Elizabeth I and they did not talk about fellas. Class. And she was killed by cheese. Didn't we discuss that? That was show? Maeve. That was oh, Queen was Maeve. Maeve yeah. Grania Whale was killed by old age. Oh, deadly. No one, a, no, women know, never get to do that. That's <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that is killing <laughs> But it's a, it's a shit ending to a film. Like... <laughs> Yeah, you've got to jazz that up. No, no, feet. she just rides off into the sea, like yeah, never yeah. to be seen again. Like, yeah. is she dead? Is she alive? Is she a kraken? Who knows? That's, yeah. Netflix, that's more get it, on absolutely. that. Like, I'd watch yeah. the shit out of that. Are we allowed to say Netflix? Ne- we, we are allowed ne- to say Netflix. Netflix. No, net movies. Net movies. That will appear later. Don't worry. This is some foreshadowing for later. Remember that. We're going to come full circle. Remember it, guys. And if you're listening in on the podcast, this is some foreshadowing for next week. So you won't remember that. I'm 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 looking I'm looking up a story, my favorite story about Queen Maeve, because I need to get um texting his wife to my exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even his wife. Gonna be late. It's, it's, <laughs> it's his other missus down yeah. the back. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. So Potter, don't text that. No. <laughs> what? Potter, that's it's disgusting. But it looks good from that angle. Jesus Christ. <laughs> sort of like it's the epic shot, the mythic shot. So um Queen Maeve Queen Maeve, uh, Maeve and Aliel had seven sons. Uh, and they were called Phelami, Carabra, Uchi, Fergus, Ket, Shin, and Dorda. But then Maeve got a prophecy that her nemesis, uh, Crohor MacNassa, would be killed by her son, Manya. And she just went, well, I don't have a son called Manya. <laughs> I got a flow in that plan there, yeah, Les. There is no Manya. <laughs> it's a bit of a fucking, you know, a bit of a hitch here that I don't have a son called Manya. So she renamed all of her sons Manya. Bad bitch. Fucking bad bitch. Like, I, I love, love that. <laughs> Literally every single one of them. She renamed them all Manya, and eventually one of them will kill that fucker. I love, one of them will. I love that she's given them all, like, the same opportunities. There's no favourites there. It's like, one of you, I believe in all of you, one of you can do it, like, lads. You're all it's real. It's real equality of opportunity yeah. rather than equality of outcome, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. You know. she's not, she wasn't pegging her bets on anybody. She's <laughs> just like, you're all, one of you will yeah. do it, like, I don't give a shit, like. <laughs> if it takes really, all of you, yeah. Do I don't I care. Seven goes on it, lads. One of you will succeed <laughs> yeah. eventually. I, d- I don't care which one of you does this, yeah. but it's not like your daughters or anything. You're not important to me. You just <laughs> sons. You have no milk cow value. <laughs> I love you are worth not enough female slaves. I think there's something in it that like there's all it's always fucking seven sons, isn't it? Like, and I know that's like a mythological thing, but like it seems like. How many people do you know that just have seven sons? That's unfortunate people. You, yeah, but just seven sons, no daughters in between. Nah, I think, and I think this is, I think this is because there are a shitload of daughters and they just don't get mentioned in the I story. Want to that say was my next point. They're like, there was like 12 daughters in between and they're like, no, sure, the milk cows, uh, just sell them off. Like, we got <laughs> the whole herd out the back. We've like. got sons to feed, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. She asked me to treat her like a princess. So I married her off to the Ultic to secure our relationship. <laughs> 
That's that's what, that's what, that's what dollars are. They're just there to yeah, be yeah. to be spent like yeah, currency. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And if so you that's got why an, you don't hear about them. If you got an important yeah. enough one, you can use it as for a political alliance, even though she's marrying like a ninety-eight-year-old creep. Like, yeah. but it's fine. Like Crowher McNassa or if you're dead soon, you'd be fine. Joe McCool or yeah. actually, that's in so many stories. That's yeah. just that, like that yeah. doesn't specify. That's like, literally any story. That's like. literally the entire story of Troy. Like that, she was married to an old just dude. And European monarchies. That's it. Like all yeah. of it. <laughs> anyway. So, to try and bring it back to constitutional yeah. law, somehow, Never. somehow, somehow. So, 1937, when that was written, we were still a country, maybe not so much in infancy, but maybe we were a toddler of a country, just trying to find our feet in the world. A manky, annoying toddler. A manky, yeah. annoying. Bumping yeah. into shit, we had our runny nose all yeah. the time. Yeah. Smelling yeah. a shite. Yeah, yeah. Constantly. Can't, that was because we were fighting. an agricultural society yeah. at the time. Still, <laughs> um, we're quite agrarian. We, um, we had the first cabinet minister, first female cabinet minister in the world, in Constance Markovic, and then we didn't get another one for nearly 60 years. Yeah, because it's so important to, when we talk about it, and I know last year it's, uh, everyone was talking about, you know, the, the centenary of votes, and I was literally only writing an article about it the weekend, um, that like, yeah, we had a, we votes for 100 years, but like, only if you're over 30 and only if you own property. That was like eight people, eight women in Ireland at that time. Like, there was nobody. So, like, Countess Markovic was a really specific person. She's married to a Polish count who kind of, he's sort of, great fella, left her on her, like... He just fucked off to Paris, didn't he? Ideal. If you want a husband, that's the one you want in 1918. Just let him fuck off to Paris. He left a mansion in Sligo and he pissed off. Like, ideal. You know, left a load of cash, left her loads of gold wands and revolvers. That's all you want in life. So I don't think that, while I appreciate that, obviously it was a huge move. And it's really, I'm really proud of the fact that not only the first person, first female elected to uh, Westminster and in, in what was part of our, our jurisdiction at that time was Irish. Really proud of Countess Markovich and the role she played, but also it needs to be said that she was a very specific person and the majority of women didn't match what she was. And I think even after independence, her status would have been greatly frowned upon because she came from that like kind of wealth background that people couldn't really relate to. So she sort of fizzled out of, of popular lexicon after a while. You know, no one gave a shit after a while, which uh, is kind of why we didn't really have any follow-up to that because who was it going to be? Because we were busy keeping everyone pregnant, tying them to the sink or putting them in laundries. Ooh. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Reality wow. light, sorry. Yeah. Symphysiotoming everybody. Like, that's what yeah. was going on. So, yeah, we were trying to, like, you know, not have our uh, pelvises cracked open. Uh, so that was probably what we were at instead of getting elected I didn't to the doll. It get so worse sure. than laundries and it just did. It did. Yeah. Getting your pelvis cracked open. <sighs> You're welcome, guys. So and on that note, no, I'm to, kidding. On, sorry. A, on a slight, slight side note from that, at the risk of sounding like a cartoon sectarian, it has been brilliant to watch the Brits for the last couple of months been celebrating the election of Countess Markovic. Oh, there's nothing like it. Like. Because we were the first nation in the world to elect a woman. A Republican, like, a Republican who had sworn to <laughs> kill the king. She wouldn't her arse take her seat like she was ideal. Yeah, it was great that uh, they, they had to celebrate that. We kind of, I, I loved how the, the, the Brits were celebrating it, but also kind of not mentioning it as well. Like They were like, oh, we have women vo- voting for 100 there was, years. There but was, also, <laughs> don't mention Markovic. Like, there, was, there was a big one. the out. Irish off again. <laughs> we must uh, celebrate the wonderful Lady Asta, who is the first female member of parliament to take her seat. <laughs> <laughs> she swore the allegiance to the crown. Fair play to her. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> 
Well done, Lady Astor. Yeah, no one mentioned that Markovic was in prison when she got elected. Like, ideal. Yeah, not ideal for the, in the, the Brexit climate. I don't think that would have gone down too well. It's class. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's been absolutely brilliant to watch that shit-eating toe rag Boris Johnson have to celebrate the legacy of Countess Markovic. Yeah, and like, yeah. she's got she's got a Polish name as well. Ideal. Like, oh, he fucking in- hates their, he oh. hates her name. Yeah. Not a only- paddy <laughs> with a Polish name. Like from fucking Sligo, not even something they can get on board with. Not even a West Brit, like they can't get on board with Sligo. (laughs) She wasn't a West Brit, she was a really, really, really West Pole. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And her husband Krasimir just basically took one look at Sligo and said, you know what, darling, fuck this, I'm going back to Paris. Yeah, you can can stay here with Yates, that weirdo. Like, I'm not staying another minute in this county with that fucking weirdo knocking around. Like, hell no. Like, off to Paris. Hashtag Yates was a fuckboy. Oh, he was. Oh, I hate him so much. I hate WB Yates. So, like, I wrote an entire thesis on how much I hate Yates, except I couldn't actually, I wasn't actually allowed to say I hate Yates. So I had to like imply it the whole time. That's but academia, isn't it? I did. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> fuckboy is enough because he was just a fucking weirdo. Like, I mean, he was. He'd have been arrested if it wasn't. Well, no, actually, he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't. He would have no. been. been in the doll or some shit. Well, I mean, have, he was in the. He Shannon. would have the entire <laughs> Irish rugby team defending him. Oh, oh, oh! You'll boo oh, that. Oh, you'll boo girl, that. One girl but you're clap. okay with Magdalene Laundries. One girl clap. For All fuck's right. sake, Manu. All right, I like her. She's sound. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely hate WB Yates. And part of the reason why I absolutely hate him is because ooh, he just, everything he, oh, no, I actually, I, like, I struggle to put it into words, but he's just so anti-woman. I'd say he had a wet handshake. Like, I don't know why I know this, but it's, do you know one of those guys has got like a fish handshake? Like, that was WB Yates. And he hung on just a little too long. Like, that's, oh, you weirdo, get away from me. He's just a wet handshake. Licking his lips while he's shaking your hands. Yeah, right? Like, Staring into your eyes with his weird little glasses. His monocle. Like. His fucking monocle. Why have you got a monocle, William? Why have you got a monocle? Like, I can see that you've got glasses in your pocket. You're just such a weirdo. Like, mm, in, yeah. in, in, anyway. Hi, Maud. How are you? <laughs> will you marry me yet? What? Will you marry me now? Will you marry me now? Will you marry me now? Will your daughter marry me? Will your daughter marry me now? How about now? Anyway, um, Yates decided that he was going to um, try and reinterpret 7th to 9th century early Irish literature um, and pass it off as him being a, a literary genius. Yeah, that sounds like Yeah, I'm just so glad you can't defame the dead. <laughs> Look, I don't think that's defamation as a, le- as a legal expert. I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think that that's defamation. Even if he was alive, that's all accurate shit. Like, that that's provable true. shit. Anyway, he decided to take my favourite gal. I'm not biased in anything here, but it was, it was Emer. Yeah. And um, he decided that he was going to rewrite... Um, the, the, the wooing the, of Ema yeah, the, by William Butler Yeats. Yeats. Um, <laughs> which is probably the noise that I made most in the postgrad room of the library for a solid I mean, year. That is a fucking visceral noise. <laughs> yeah. But that's the noise that I imagine he, he just made all the time. Like, on the yeah. bus, like, <laughs> well, that, that came from, that was a that noise made by guy. Emer's yeah. soul. It was. It was. That I'm weird guy on the one, two, three again. He just won't stop grunting. He's so weird. He's always getting the bus into the National Gallery. I don't, I don't know why. Lincoln he's walking around. Like. 
he with presses, his hands in his pockets. He presses the button to stop when it gets all greasy. Uh. Um, <laughs> William, William Butler slippy <laughs> hands Yates. I love that uh, Kirsten, Kirsten who does our artwork, is yeah. just gonna be like, what? Like, what the fuck am I gonna draw for this bullshit? Like, like some weird guy with a monocle and fish for hands. <laughs> so, so pleased to meet you, Isolt. Oh, I knew your mother. Oh, oh, oh. oh that's, I'm actually crying. Um, <laughs> anyway. Well, I put on a comically large tissue there. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, you see, you wrote a thesis about so, how much you despised <laughs> William Butler Yeats's attempt to basically yeah. plagiarise the entire 7th and 9th centuries. Yeah, I love yeah. that. It's like full much, on fucking I, plagiarism, but no, it's poetic license. Like, yeah, no, I'm still sobbing. Like, like, you can't, you can't speak drama. out of Seamus Heaney. Right? You can't speak, yeah. speak out of no, Seamus Heaney, yeah. right? Because he's brilliant. He's fantastic. Yeah. Right? Great fellow. Oh, yeah, like he wrote Beowulf. Come on. Yeah, but... But he was well. Like, he probably didn't have a wet handshake. Oh, okay. yeah. In his defence, you know, like that's fair. That's fair. He, he, he did was a man that drank a pint of Guinness and just <laughs> you know, minded kept his business. Probably yeah. didn't creep out and ask your daughter to marry you. Maybe would have like slipped you a fiver to buy sweets in the shop if you shook her hand. But like again, if Yates did that, that's incredibly. Easy. <laughs> uh, I keep trying to make like a perfectly valid argument and we just keep getting uh, off track but anyway um, Yates decided that he was going to take a stab at um, I'm still crying at um, rewriting Chuck Work Evera uh, which was the the kind of the love story between Cucullin and Nemer and uh, basically he made a big fat fuck of it <laughs> Is all that's the academic <laughs> argument just, there. There it is. That, is, that, that is my thesis. It's that... probably available in the library for you to read. Uh, but oh my god, please don't. But, uh, <laughs> but I hope one of you has that in an exam and just quotes it like, oh, Jesus. Just fantastic. I love that there's going to be a lecture correcting that. Like, Gates made a big fat fuck of the wing of Emer. Discuss. Discuss, yeah. <laughs> there's just like a footnote beside like, Emer Duffy, mother folklore episode, yeah. whatever. Uh, Emer MA thesis, two thousand and seventeen. <laughs> right. Anyway, I, like I'm absolutely streaming tears of laughter here. Um, so basically, what he kind of neglected to mention was, and I'm kind of coming full circle here to what I intended to say before we spent forty minutes on a tangent, um, is that there was a lot of um, kind of legal power um, with regards to to female speech in the seventh and ninth century. Um, and a lot of Chuck Ork Evera, it doesn't, like, it is a love story and a wooing tale, whatever else, at the surface. But it's kind of as you dig deeper into it that you look at how it's more of almost a study of female speech and this power that it held and, you know, a woman's place within the law and um, and everything else within the 7th to 9th century. Um and Yates just kind of came along and he was like, oh, you were just, you speaks there and I don't like it, so I'm not putting that in. Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that. The word there. <laughs> yeah, uh, he just, he just <laughs> basically cut out. Yeah, he pretty Amor's much part. cut out every important thing that she said Sounds about and Yates, left so. all of the bits where she's like, oh, I'm so pretty. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like other girls. Oh, that pick me energy. Oh, I mean, that, that's look, something that Yates I'm gonna would be, be so I'm going to be honest with you, if Yates, if Yates was around today, Yates yeah. would be on a Reddit forum oh, yeah. complaining about Chads and Stacey's and he Asking would... Asking for nudes. Uh, totally would have oh, been asking for nudes. Oh my God. But like, not directly and he saying been, that like they uh, help his 
they help with his anxiety. Oh, that's definitely, right. yeah. yeah. Send me nudes. I have anxiety. <laughs> Get out. Hold on. Does that work? Fucking, it better not. Like, no. Grody is speaking from experience Sorry. here. Like, fuck no. I've, I've been in a committed monogamous relationship since before the internet was fucking invented. You just can't get her to send you I can't get my head around this at all. Oh, like, is I'm Patter. I bought a house. I'm in a relationship. Uh, oh, no, I, not relatable. Like anyone in this room is like not relatable context. Like, sorry. Oh, I'm Emer. I don't speak French. I can't drive, and I don't listen to podcasts unless they're about archaeology. Didn't go here to get fleeced like this. Um, um, yeah, no, d- definitely. There's no doubt about it. William Butler Yeats would be. Uh, he would be talking about how he's been red pilled. Yeah. And how you should really yeah. check out Professor Peterson. Is just he's just he speaks to me. I think you should have oh, a look at this. Oh, that physically hurts me. Oh, oh God. He, like, oh. he really liked that episode of the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. The re- <laughs> yeah. I really like that one. That was really He'd cool. have his own fucking podcast, though. You know he would. I like, would. Like, oh, I us would. being podcasters. Yeah, yeah. Pretentious. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah exactly. He'd yeah, have yeah. one. Like. He, would be, he, would, he would have a podcast called The Wing of Emer, and it would be shit. Would it be the wooing of William or some bullshit like because he completely is or just Maud love me like some shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> every idea. single episode, 914 episodes of William Butler Yates Podcast, and every single one of them ends in a plaintive proposal to Maud gone. Yeah. This, this podcast is sponsored by Maud who won't fucking marry me. Yeah. <laughs> you can support the podcast on Patreon, or if you're Maud gone, you can just marry me. Please. Please. Please give money to to support our wedding. We've got a crowdfund. She hasn't said yes yet, but I, yeah. I'm getting close, guys. I think. Yeah. If not, I can feel you know, it. I can feel it. I can feel it. Her daughter she, still she there. She looked at me last week, so I must be getting close. Um, so Yates was a Shanador in yeah. the early years of the Free State, which brings us right back around to the creation of the Constitution and that article that places women squarely within Antiluk. I suppose. Yep. What's yep. the What's the article of the Constitution that gives precedence to the Irish language? I'm so glad you asked because I wrote it on my hand. <laughs> I almost forget this one. It's 25.4.6. So that when there is a discrepancy between English and Irish, Irish has precedence. And the example of that is the presidential age. You have to be over 35. In the English text, it says you have to have reached your 35th year. year. So the day after your 34th birthday or like the minute after you were born on whatever day. I don't know what way you want to look at it. But effectively, you have to be 34 in the English text. In the Irish text, it's have to, it says you have to be like... 34 years long, so you have to be alive, or 35 years, so you have to have reached your 35th year. Um, So that's an example of when the Irish text has actually taken precedence when there's been a discrepancy. So I would argue that there is a discrepancy and that the Irish text should take precedence, but but it's still it's outdated. It's still, still shit. It's still shit, still, but not, still it's shit. not that misogynistic. Everyone's like, it's misogynistic. Basically, I'm still not so, old enough to run for president. So, yeah. <laughs> none of us are. None of us can are. We, except for, except for Derek. Except for Derek, Derek, Derek who's Derek, not here. Derek in the empty Derek chair. Derek in the empty chair is old enough to run for president. So Let's old. never forget that. Podcast dad can't be here. We're going to wrap it up right there. You heard it here first. A woman's place is not in the home. It's in the family. And that's probably not much better. So it's a Slán Wemshire. It's a Slán Wemshire. And a Slán Wemshire. I'm actually still crying with the laugh. Like I, I have like tears running down my face. Our sincere thanks to Brian Agusific Nagaiga for the invitation to come to Maynooth. Our thanks to uh, Brian on production duties back at Headstuff Towers and to Kirsten for the amazing art. We'll be back next Friday. Slán! <laughs>
This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.